And there's a very interesting fact.、Uh, when it comes to human foods, human can speak for theirself. What I'm gonna eat today, and what I'm gonna be enjoy my dinner with. But for pets, they can't speak for themselves. They they need have a responsible owners to help them to make the optimal choice when it come to their diet. And we truly believe you are what you eat, and apply to human animals, uh, uh, both aspects. Hey Zach, welcome to the podcast. Hey, it's an honor and excited to be here. Zach,、um, you're a student entrepreneur, and I love talking to student entrepreneurs.、Uh, you're currently in the Ted Rogers、uh, School of Business. That's correct. So, tell me about what, what, why a、uh, undergrad in, in in a school of business decides I'm just going to create my own business while I'm in school. What took you there? Yeah,、um, so I think it's all start since I was fifteen.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I start my first entrepreneurial journey since I was fifteen years old. I start to always have an entrepreneurial mindset, and at age of fifteen, I always like to flip things and doing、uh, always in the pet industries. And also, I was in fifteen. I have my first own pet, a German Shepherd named Niu Niu.、Uh, it's become a soulmate, and because my child, uh, 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 for the family and also for me, and、um, since since that, uh, uh, from the universities when I was、uh, third years, I start to. Pursue my dreams, which is start my own D two C brand,、uh, which in the pet food categories. Sorry, Ravi, I couldn't hear you. Sorry about that. I was on. I was on mute. <laughs>、um, yeah, so you you started、uh, with Charmy Pet. You produce、um, your own food, pet food. Yeah.、Um, so, what Charmy Pet do?、Uh, obviously, we are a pet food、mm-hmm. company.、Uh, we produce our own foods,、uh, but it's more advanced in the industry because we do personalized pet foods based on the pet's conditions, activity levels, genetics,、uh, health conditions, allergy tolerance. Based on those data sets, we create truly customized, tailored. Pet foods for each individual pets.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy to hear about how many、um, small pet food companies there are. It seems like everyone is kind of going more bespoke. Like, I have a few friends. I have a lot of friends who are pet owners, and they all get their stuff from like more local,、uh, produced, more more tailored to their specific pet,、uh, their specific breed of that pet. Like. Uh, dog owners and cat owners and、uh, pet owners are have always been like super into their animals, and、uh, it's amazing to see how much people will spend、um, to take care of them and how much research and how much they'll go into in trying new things around pets. So, can you talk? Can you walk us through about how to launch a pet food company? Well, uh, uh, from beginnings, 
uh, you always have to do your own due diligence, all own research, market research, see what's out there, and uh, what you want to create is definitely gonna be a differentiation from any others companies or uh, increased user ex- uh, experience, better experience or much better experience. Uh, from the beginning, since I always in the pet industries, uh, have talking over thousands of uh, pet owners, like your friends, they always really cautions what's going to their pet food and how much a diet uh, uh, could lead to the house uh, benefit in the uh, in the uh, the lifespan of the pets and. First of all, we we did a ton of the research. We work with nutritionists uh, in different universities to find out what's really good formulas for our pets when create a pet food. And uh, second, uh, I, I form a team <laughs> with marketing experts, with branding experts, also myself as a business uh, uh, development persons. And also we have our CTO from Google Canada's who actually do our uh, sophisticated uh, algorithms want to uh, predict the, uh, the suitable tailorized path for our pets. And from that, we have to uh, find out our distribution channels. Who should we to sell and who is our uh, uh, ICP uh uh, and who's gonna be first adopters for this new concept uh, uh, of the pet foods? Sorry, so I think I might have missed this. Do you say you produced your own cat food, or are you white labeling and pulling from existing providers, almost like an e-commerce company? That's actually a really good question. Um, we are actually not a, a, a white labeling. Which mean uh, in the back of package is a dispute by, which mean those uh, those company are white labeling use other brand formula to just copy it and take over it. We are actually have our own formulas. We're working with the manufacturing in Canada Waterloo to uh, to produce our own formula of the pet food. Okay, so you have your own uh, version, uh, your own uh, your own um, uh, t- type of food, specifically to yours. Cool. Like, so uh, I, I just want to get into the nitty gritty of that because it's like food science is, is is a really interesting topic because you would think that like all the possible combination would exist, like you know of how you can put together different materials and, and create things like, but like it's such a it seems to be there's a wide array of flavors even for us. Um, uh, we, we've had a lot of food tech companies on uh, on the show because we work with um, uh, uh, um, what's it venture uh, not venture labs uh, uh, Y Space out of uh, York University. Um, they deal with a lot of like uh, these kind of companies meant for uh, more in the food uh, for the uh, human side, but we've seen a lot of pet food come out of there too, where. Uh, people are just creating these things, and for me, it kind of like blows my mind because. When you think about starting a company or starting a thing, thing you don't think about you know uh, creating a food substance that's new, unique, right? You would think it's like you know you're not you're not recombi- recombining the wheel in any kind of new way, right? So could you talk a little more about like how different your material is, like how, why is there a market need for this, and um, how you found it? 
that's actually a, a, a quite interesting question. Uh, the differentiation of the pet foods, uh, we need to go back of the history, evol evolution of the pet foods. Um, 1980s, we have our very own pet food to be invent. Conventional pet food, those big companies, PNGs, Mars, uh, they have their own brand pet foods. Um, uh, conventional pet food put together, uh, which you can grab from any uh, retail stores, uh, big chain stores. And we have 2.0, which uh, invents 10 years or 20 years ago, more toward to the natural uh, ingredient, holistic way to approach, uh, use food treatment for our pets. But still, those pets are not customized, tailored to each pet. Each pet, uh, nurture or nature, they have a different conditions. And now we are more toward our goals here. To 3.0 is tailored pet food for our pets. And there's a very interesting fact uh, when it comes to human foods. Human can speak for yourself what I'm gonna eat today and what I'm gonna be enjoy my dinner with. But for pets, they can't speak for themselves. They they need to have a responsible owners to help them to make the optimal choice when it comes to their diet. And we truly believe you are where you eat and apply to human animals, uh, uh, both aspects. Okay, so yeah, I, I agree completely agree with you. Like people actually outspend food budgets on their animals and themselves. I was listening to a, a tech. Um, Beta Kit just had like a recent podcast on this, right? Where uh, they brought on a food, uh, on another pet, uh, pet food kind of company, but they produce a pet food meat with um, with insect insect protein, right? Which is supposed to be like twenty times more, twenty times more efficient. Because turns out there are a lot of pet uh, pet owners that'll you know buy premium proteins for especially their big uh, canine animals, and uh, you know that really stuck out to me. It's like. You know, we don't think about the cost that our pets have on the environment. And that is the focus of the podcast, right? Like we think about ourselves, like, you know, we, we, we're, we have a carnivorous diet. We, you know, we, we consume a lot and we uh, have, have a supply chain that's global. We're, we're, you know, we're flying tomatoes in from um, different parts of, the, of, of different countries. And, and it goes to show that, like, you know, there's wider implications to um, how the globe kind of functions. Our animals are involved in this conversation too. Have you thought or looked into anything about about the global impact of uh, of a food chain, uh, the supply chain for animals, for pet food? Yeah, um, my background actually come to sourcing uh, supply chains, and uh, what's good about pet foods, and what's good about uh, they doing for the global environment, uh, pet food actually in sourcing those foods uh, are not suitable for human consumptions, which we don't leave any waste uh, from the human supply chain aspect. We recycle those. Uh, uh, in North America, we don't eat beef spleen. <laughs> uh, that's the nature of our 
uh, <laughs> uh, taste behavior, uh, maybe in other parts of country, uh, in part of uh, world, we do eat some of, uh, exotic animal parts like spring, liver, uh, uh, lung. But in North Americans, if pet food do not use those parts, they go straight to the garbage bin, which has been waste. And uh, and as you know, those are nutritionists for our pets and highly tasty for our pets. In the wild, in the wolf, pets go to go to the animal stomach immediately because it's most delicious parts uh, for carnivores to consume. So, so uh, back back to back to uh, the supply chain. Charmy are using. A trackable system to to know where's each of the animal coming from, which plant is it, which slaughterhouse is it. So the traceabilities are very important for us because all the recall issue in the pet food, there's a lack of transparency between uh, 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 the, uh, where they slaughter the animals and how they handle the food safeties and when come after they come to produce the products. So we feel we need to create this 100% transparency between the brand and consumer, uh, make it less like transaction uh, uh, sales, make it like a mm-hmm. relation-based sales, a community-based, which allows our... Uh, we, we, we have our uh, conversation daily. We have... Uh, 50 conversation with different customers every day. They talk, mm. they want to work with us. They want to know where the product coming from. They want to know how they can improve their dog house or cat, uh, feline house and to, to extend their life and less chronic condition to bother them. So this uh, community does it work as a membership model. So they pay a membership to you and in return for the nutrients that they need. Um, so yes, that's that's our subscription models. Uh, but when it come to communities, you don't need to be a paid customers. Mm. Uh, you can you can be in our community through different social media: Facebook, yeah. Instagram, TikTok, uh, you name it. We also have some uh, Chinese Canadian platform we do use to connect. And uh, you don't have to be a paid customers. We still working with you to figure out. The best diet, uh, the best supplements, or best meal topper for your pets, and we believe once those relationship has been established, you will become charming loyal fans in the later mm. on. I love that, and one of the things I uh, appreciate about the community aspect of, of any business is um, the loyalty side, right? When you build like this organic, um, organically built business that you not just scale focus, right? Especially right off the bat, uh, you get this loyal base that'll stick with you if you go through like any rapid changes or any major pivots, right? Because they probably had a voice into those into those discussions, right? Um, so let's talk about that community side uh, of Charmy Pet, like. Um, you know, uh, how do you utilize socials? How do you utilize communication? Is it one way? Are you are you, are you providing uh, educational content, um, or is the type of uh, trying to do two ways, where you're trying to get them to participate with how they uh, view the brand and uh, create content around it? Yeah, um, as a community building here is 
there's no really one way in here. Otherwise,、mm. you just hear yourself going over and over. There's always two way. We want to talk to our consumer desperately every day. We want to improve ourselves, our product. We are not perfect. We are a startup. So, in、uh, let's say on social medias, we are always DM our customers, DM our members, see what can we be improve and what they are interesting about the next things we coming out. And we do educational content like crazy.、Mm-hmm. We try to. Educates every responsible consumer about、um, customized pet food, and as myself, as my other co-founders, as the face of the companies,、uh, as the brand of the companies, we try to commute to not only brands by ourselves. We're using ourselves as a brand to communicate with those audience.、Mm. Yeah. So, how do you do that at scale, though? You know,、um, one of the coolest、uh, platforms I've seen so far is a community, the text-based app, right? Where、uh, community members、uh, can interface with you directly, right? So, one either you you as a business can have multiple people utilizing one phone number and have a text-based communication with the, with people, right, across countries and stuff like that. And I really love that kind of model because text text-based, especially, is so intimate. Right,、um, uh, you know, do you focus more on like social media as like uh, uh, any specific ones or cross platform? Are you trying to build a funnel system going from social media into a more of a, uh, a, a focus based app like a community a community tool like Community? How we want to do this at scale levels is we we are very data driven companies. We、mm. want to. Know how much our members, after hearing from us, actually convert to、mm-hmm. consumer to customers, and、yeah. and、uh, turn out we are way above the industry average rates because those customers are not from the ad, those、mm-hmm. customers are not from the cold ad they see from the online. They、mm-hmm. know by their friends, they know by their. Uh, they seems to be know us, know me,、mm. and I was meet few of them in persons recently. We're doing offline event.、Mm. They they really know us because、uh, we record daily、uh, journey of this entrepreneurship, and mm. and uh, believe or not, uh, all those customers come from organically. Almost fifteen percent actually convert to our customers,、wow. which industry is two to three from the、yeah. ad. Yeah, I mean that is quite、uh, that. That's really interesting. Thank you for the numbers because absolutely, like like you know,、uh, there's a great debate on、uh, LinkedIn about like sales versus marketing, right? So marketing people versus sales people, and thinking like who's more important. And、uh, I recently asked、uh, asked like, a VP of marketing at a large enterprise about you know what would you choose, sales versus marketing at, at a small company, at an early company, and they always say in an early company, sales is the most important because that is more intimate, right? You're directly talking to a customer, you know. Bringing them in through like a through a cold funnel,、um, you're, you're actually having a conversation, and 
Um, I, I love this model you're talking about because you, know, you can now learn from your base. So let's talk about uh, you know what you've learned, right? Having these conversations, having active in this community. Um, what do what what does the community care about mostly? Community care about the honestly. They appreciate the honestly what happens uh, to you. Uh, as a brand owners, you if you don't have the product products out of stock, you're gonna tell them really earlier. Mm. Uh, and they appreciate about documentary about the journey. Uh, mm. People love to see those documentaries about how you started, hear about your stories, why you started. Mm-hmm. And also uh we as a as as a business owners we often get a lot of questions related to pet house. Mm. Uh, so we have to working with them really closely. Each member have a different almost every uh, every member have different profile for their uh doggy data. We have to working with this doggy data. Let's say Six months old, they are puppyhood, but when they tend to adults, two or threes, they have different health needs. They mm-hmm. might to improve their dental health, and that adult dog tend to a senior levels. They might have multiple health conditions they need to focus on mm-hmm. or prevent: hip, fur, dentals, you name it. Uh, so different. Uh, life journey of the pets is have a very different needs. So we need to working with our customer very closely. And as as I said, we have a fifty call, not call, uh, maybe chat with our customers daily. So we just want to chat with them, learning better, more learn uh, new things we learn from them, more customized tailors uh, experience we can make for their pets. Man, Zach, I really love this because you're talking more of a as a as a pet health company rather than a pet food company, right? You're you're looking at a, as a long term relationship with uh, the consumers of this and looking at the personalization of that, which is huge. Uh, there's a lot of implications to that because I've talked to you know uh, my sister has a dog and I've talked to a lot of pet owners during the pandemic. It's been really rough to get a veterinarian, to talk to somebody about their, their pets, to understand that they're going, they have a condition or they still get looked after. Um, where do you go for advice? It was hard enough for humans to get advice from healthcare practitioners, right? It was another thing for pets. And for people who look at pets as part of their family, this is, this is monster, uh, instrumental. So can you talk about the type of personalizations you can do? Like, do you focus on specific animals? Is this um, cats, dogs, um, um, uh, uh, birds, you know, or specific breeds within, or, you know, large dogs, small dogs? What do you, what do you any particular focus you have? Uh, at this moment, we only do canine and feline. Uh, okay. But never say never. Uh, we might enter into a different space, but that's the largest space uh, out mm. there right now. Yeah. Cool. So, um, uh, is there any major difference in, in, in canines, like large dogs and small dogs, very, very different kind of diets, right? Like, and, and needs. And I know, uh, one of my, um, one of my friends, one of my best friends, he owns like a, a big, uh, uh, Doberman. 
And the amount of meat, the amount of money goes into feeding this guy for each week, it's crazy. It's like probably double of a normal person. Um, and they go through like, you know, heavy, a heavy carnivore diet. Um, you know, uh, has that been a, a, an issue for you? Uh, your friend X probably feeding their dog raw food diet, uh, yeah. commercial raw or prepared by themselves. Those, those are very good quality food can feed our mm. canines. And, uh, from the cost wise, uh, especially we are in, uh, you know, always pet food is recession proof period is, uh, people will spend more money on their pets rather than self. You know, they are emotional support and they can get through very difficult time with you. They don't care you are rich or poor. They, they will always stick with you like ever. So, um, uh, from the cost-wise, uh, what we try to do, we try to make the food can be affordable for everyone. And uh, uh, transport of the raw diet, the frozen pet food, are quite expensive. Uh, you're probably going to spend 30% cost on the storage transportation feed. We try to make a, a, a shelf-stable product. Meanwhile, uh, have a higher nutritionist, same as the raw diets, which is freeze-dried, um, um, similar to this uh, technique in the raw. Yeah, okay. So so basically, you do have a different kind of way of dealing with large large canines. And um, okay, so let's, you know, what does that look like? Like, uh, do you like uh, do you differentiate between large dogs and small dogs? Do you have different type of pallets for them? Um, you know, how do you supply chain all this, right? Um, um, from the beginnings, we was talk to a lot of industry people. Mm. People tell me it's not possible. It's gonna be too mm. expensive on supply chains, and they have been down this thirty years in the industry itself. They are mm -hmm. VP of some big pet food companies, mm -hmm. and they said it's it's maybe it's a it's a hobby. It's not a a, a real scalable business. Um, in in one days when we learn about the base formulas, um, we know we can do some things without too costly to customize that's uh. Uh, customize that diet at very end stage um, and by adding supplements uh, at very end stage uh, for that dog and, and also you mentioned what's different between the large or small dog you know uh, large dog they have a different chew behavior chewing behavior than small dog you can feed a small dog a very uh, a big chunk of meat they might choke themselves so you need to mm -hmm. appreciate uh, a portion amount uh, right portion amount food for their uh, small dog but you know mm -hmm. for for large canines uh, their jaw and their teeth design to consume this uh, large piece of meat and or mm -hmm. large piece of uh, food so um, and also uh, uh the size, the the weight of the food. There's many unique factors when we need to consider uh, uh, different breeds, uh, 
different age, uh, and health condition they need to include as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, there's a need for it, right? But like, like you said, it, it's business; it's uh, expensive for a business to operate. So taking that on, um, I, I can I can see how positioning it as as, like a, as a as almost like a pet health thing. As you, you're kind of kind of concerned about this, and working with pet owners who are concerned about health uh, can make up for the, uh, the the cost difference, right? That be required to produce things at at, at this um, at this quality, uh, and being able to do that at scale. So you know, let's talk a little more about um, you know you have this uh, uh, you know you have Charmy Pet running. How does the DMZ get involved for you? Um, uh, you know, how did you end up there? Yeah, um, we joined DMZs um, at. January 2021, uh, uh, we was joined as a bootcamp company, and uh, and we graduate from the bootcamp, and we apply for the incubators, and uh, one week after we have a good news, we accept for the incubator programs. Uh, the newest incubators, uh, the programs, it seems to be a bit different. It's a uh, 18 months programs, and we will have. Uh, uh, vertical of the supports uh, from the industries or from the EIR we're working with. And now uh, I think it's going pretty great. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, it's surprising because, you know, uh, Ryzen's uh, DMZ, the Digital Media Zone, they started off as a, as a digital focused company and now they've expanded and, you know, work with, uh, in um, early stage companies in a variety of lens. Um, but let's talk about the digital side uh, of, uh, uh, of uh, Charming Pen, right? So how do you, um, you know, how do you gather support? How do you market? How do you, how do you, how do you compete in that kind of space? Are you creating content? You mentioned before you're doing like a daily kind of, uh, almost like a vlog of the, of the company building. Uh, can you talk a little more about that? Yeah. Um, for us, you know, uh, content creating is extremely important because it's, mm-hmm. it's closing the gap between the brand and, uh, the consumers. So, mm. if we can documentary or making fun of our journey to the consumers, we will do whatever it takes to to do so. And uh, the making content, we're making content to Instagram a lot. And right now, we are trying to tackle on the TikTok world a lot, uh, uh, doing different experiments to see which content are, are running more viral on TikTok. But right now, right now it's still in the testing phase. And we are mainly focused on the Instagrams a lot. So we have communities uh, through Facebook from the Instagrams. You know, Instagram and Facebook are all connected. So uh, content is always being a a very important aspect for the business. It's it's marketing. It's for us. It's marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, I love that uh, the content forward approach. Right. So uh, I mean, kind of guide me through that because uh, a lot of companies don't utilize a good content strategy. Uh, there's a lot of CEOs who just you know rather work in the, in the back end and, and run like a back, like a very backward facing company with just like very minimal uh, digital media presence, like you know the occasional blog post or social media post here and there as an update, uh, but not really looking at the content centric uh, strategy. 
Um, so what does that strategy take to implement? You know, like, do you run like scrum missions on what content's being created that week? Um, or do you just organically day by day say like, oh, we're going to create, uh, create, a, create, a, create a post? Um, or is it like a monthly thing? Like, how do you, um, how do you, how do you manage your campaign? For us, uh, uh, we try to stay organized as possible. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes we do uh, 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 have a new idea we want post immediately, but maturity that's not in the case. We try to plan uh, almost a week ahead uh, uh, before, so so we can have all the topic ready to uh, to run. And uh, we filming before almost a week ago, and. And we put out throughout the weeks for for our consumer uh, for our community members to see it. Cool. Um, so trying to have rapid kind of cycle between production and release. Yeah, and um, because uh, uh, as you mentioned, a lot of companies they do not utilize the content strategies, but they must utilize something other channels to make the company profitable um as we mentioned i'm a student entrepreneur uh majority of our co-founders are students as well mm-hmm. and we are uh bootstrapping from zero dollars right now to uh 250k uh uh 250k up t- this year's and uh from almost from nothing and we don't have money to spend on PPC. We don't have money to spend on the ads. Uh, we don't even have money to waiting that cash flow to recoup back and reinvest into the ad. Uh, what we can do is what we in control is we can put out content organic out there to let the algorithm run itself to mean more pet persons or non-pet persons or they want to get the pets. Okay, so I mean, I mean, talking about the, the content side, right? Like, I have heard this like I follow Gary Vee a lot, and he has a scary number that he talks about. It's like if you're if you're a content focused brand, you should be producing 15 pieces of content per platform. That's a lot, right? And he he kind of talks about the idea that the algorithm is hungry for content, right? Because when you talk about content as a distribution engine, like you know, whether if you're on a platform like whether it be LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. Um, uh, tech talk, uh, the algorithm is actually looking to find piece of content that can connect people interested in it. It's already doing the work of personalizing the, the content, right? So as a content creation system, a company, you're, you, all you really have to focus on is creating great content. Do you look at it that way or are you an active approach to finding a, a, a people who listen to that? Um, that's, yeah, that's in the case, but you never know what the audience want. So you need to keep experiment to find mm. out that, that threshold. Oh, mm-hmm. that's the piece. Actually, audience really like, we are always experienced. We have our own podcast, but it does not, people do not hear <laughs> my voice on that. I talk about pet nutritional health. So, so we pivot, we change to something else, to more engagement. But as I said, Yes, we try to put as much content aggressive as much we could, but 17 per day, that's not mm. something maybe we can do. So we can, we need to find something as a balance point between our time and also uh, 
the value of the content. Yeah, um, and one of the things uh, is that we're competing against so much attention, right? Like there's so many things vying for our attention now, so many pieces of content, so many pieces of, of, of platforms. Uh, attention seems to be one of the great commodities of the 21st century. Um, so the fact that people consume your content uh, I think it's starting to mean more and more. You're you're absorbing part of the attention graph, the possible piece of attention you can get from uh, from active consumers. Uh, so, uh, how do you how do you view how do you break down your content? Are you looking for short form content like it's quick and ingestible? Are you looking to be informational, like you know you're educating people about like certain ideas around what you're doing? It can be fun and creative, or it's entertaining, entertaining. Like how do you how do you manage your content creation? Are you trying to do a mix of both? Like to be honest, I experienced all of them. Okay. <laughs> a, a long form of content about educational, uh, yep. fun videos, uh, funny video, fun fact about the pan nutritional house. Mm. Um, what I found out the best is the uh, the short ones, the fun ones, and uh, mixed with the uh, the good points uh, with pan nutritional house. The long content. Uh, strategy and might not work for us uh mm. at, at right now so so we are pivot to uh, uh short video like rare videos uh like a tiktok those short form uh videos yeah so one of the things i would love to give uh justice to is the fact that you know we've talked about so many different realms i want you to think about as being a founder you know, you have this marketing realm of how do you talk, uh, you know, how do you find people and bring attention to you, what you're doing and your, and your brand. Uh, you have the customer service where people are buying stuff. Okay, how do you manage them, build a community and uh, be, make them into recurring customers? Uh, you have uh, the logistics side of things. How do you fulfill orders? What are exactly the product? Uh, how are you fulfilling that? You know, what are the needs? Then you have the, the R&D side which is continuously learning how to get to be better at everything we're doing here. Right. We have all these different realms. How do you personally like deviate your time to what takes attention, where it takes your attention? Um, we are small teams of four. Uh, each, each one have a different role and responsibilities of the company. Uh, my role is uh, really need take my attention is right now is the sales. We need to boost up our GMV looking for to raise. Uh, and R&D side, marketing side, uh, customer success side, all those sides are key components for the companies. And uh, what we try to do is to utilize our times by uh, design a diagrams, a flow chart uh, to follow some of the protocol. We set up the rule, we set up the mission, we believe, which is paths always first than any other priorities uh, in the companies like customer paths or our paths always will be served as the first priorities. If there's issues, we will deal that as a priorities, the main task we need to tackle on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I love the idea that you're talking about, you know, a tech versus company and maintaining this because everything's being uh, swallowed by tech and, and becoming techified, right? So, you know, what does the future look like for pet food? Like, what would the ideal future look like? 
I already can imagine the future, but I believe uh, majority of sim industry people they won't believe this future.、Mm-hmm. So what I believe in this future is every pets will have their own customized things, whether it's、mm-hmm. diet, treats, toy, shirts,、uh, or even for our humans, because、uh, our pets really couldn't really speak for themselves and.、Mm-hmm. Uh, all those assessment we did,、uh, they will vertical integrate with manufacturing side, and to personalize those,、uh, rather is suppliers, food, anything's just made for that individual needs. I love that. And、uh, you know, I love the vision because、uh, that, that's a very strong, compelling vision. Love the idea of you talking about you know animals are you know individuals who can't talk for themselves, so they need others to speak for them. And you know, the ability of, of a, of a, especially an AI or a machine、uh, of、uh, like、a tech-focused company coming and saying that we can we can fulfill that gap, you know, help help establish some intelligence that gap. I think that's that's really interesting. And.、Uh, Zach, I mean, you're you're on some very interesting ideas. I, I really appreciate、uh, you, your time and coming on the podcast and talking about them. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. <laughs> great,、uh, Zach. Thank you so much.、Uh, thank you, everyone who tuned in、uh, to the episode. It's been really great. Zach, stick around for a, a few quick、uh, debrief. But other than that, thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.